Welcome to the Chart Toppin' Show, where you decide what plays. You choose your favorites. So enjoy the best sounds of Radio Sega. Hedgehog again of all places. I found you, Faker. Faker? I think you're the fake hedgehog around here. You're comparing yourself to me? Huh? You're not even good enough to be I'll my. I'll make you eat those words. There's no time to play games. You won't even get the chance. Attention, attention. The next track is GTT. Send your answer by private message to Rob Sieg. Number. 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 Number 38. 
and we media her. You ready to go in space? Help me get the emeralds. Number 38 this week is Space Trip Steps on Sonic Adventure 2. already heard me when I mentioned which track was number 38, but welcome everyone, thank you for listening. This is Chart Topping Show, we will have an interview with Jamie64326 and Tweeny says he can't wait to hear how stale the top 5 are. Well, we, we will see how stale they are, you will see in a while, 
but don't get them confused with with Jamie's top, okay? <laughs> Meanwhile, welcome Alpha Moon 64, Bogart 07, CD-ROM 1019, Darkwind, David T. Lurker, Drake, MJS, SPRK, Fostergraph, Jamie, Carrie, Carto 1989, Lunge, Lime, Music Clues. By the way, Music Clues interview is going to air next week, be sure not to miss that one. Pastel Plushie 64, Katie Kickass, Rexy, Rocks the Squirrel, Shippadani, Shields, Sean, Silver Sonic, Skyblaze 42, Sonny, The Blue Renegade, The Joiner slash Fusion, The Bowser Knight, The Nick Flair, The Valiev, Trigon and Twinny, MJS is Miron Samala, Myron. Thank you. Welcome. I don't think I've seen you before on this show, I hope you enjoy it. It's going to be a, a little different from your usual CTS, it's going to have the interview with Jamie. I, I hope you enjoy it, I, I, and I really hope... Welcome hi hi 9080 we just said here sir! So we probably just, just arrived. We will debut that, that your favorite segment. So, this, this show is going to be a little different. I'm going to play tracks from 20 to number 6 of last week's request chart without the, the usual interruption for a different segment halfway through between 11, number 11 and number 10. Jamie's interview Handy Stop is going to come after number 6 between last week's, between last week's number 6 and number 5. So we will rush this a little. Oh, and GTT, by the way, the other GTT, which is almost impossible, I tell you. We will continue to last week's top requests. This is number 20. Number 20. Number 20, debuting on this show, is Black Comet from Shadow the Hedgehog.
number 19. Hey everybody, this is Johnny Giuelli from Crush 40, standing here in my Spongebob pajamas, and you're listening to Radio Sega. by Crush 40 The theme of Sonic Adventure 2 is number 19 this week Some more Crush 40 and some more Sonic Adventures themes, this time on first game. Open your heart is number 18 this week.
Hello everyone, I'm Petit Kess and you're listening to Radio Sega. Come on! Number 17 Oh my gosh, not number 8 this week. Sonic and the Secret Rings, the palace that was found. Jamie was talking about wilderness on Discord, right? Well, turns out. Number 16. Co-co-co-co-combo breaker. This is not a Sonic track. The Commodore 64 version of Golden Axe of Wilderness.
people on this show since it started, like uh, a couple of months ago. Initial the arcade stage, running in the 90s, always seems to be on the show. You guys love this. I'm honestly so do I. Let's go away of Daytona USA is number 14 this week. 
quite a fall. I'm so sorry, Twinny, not my fault. Lazy Days, Living in Paradise, the theme for Big the Cat and Sonic Adventure. And yet another Sonic 3D track in this show. Whoa! But I guess that I'm so happy now, gonna set my heart free. 
Yeah. 
number 12 this, this week was Thinking About You, Sergei's awesome remix of Shining Force 2, Water Goddess Mithula. For the, the Radio Sega 10 years album. Lorena Touch in the remix. Cupido's theme.
this track. A nice question has erupted on Discord. What's going to be next year's April Fool's joke by Radio Sega? I guess we got plenty of time to think about it. There's still like half a year to go. So, how was the first half of the top 20 of last week's requests? A lot of Sonic in there to some people's complaints and when I say some people I mean Twinny. I I hope you are all enjoying the show. It's it's being rushed because like like I said we're going to have a, around 45 minutes in interview with Jamie in which I can tell you you will be really sega educated. We talked for for over a hour. So it was pretty tough to 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 trim between personal talk and talk that wasn't related to to Sega at all or games and actually actual interview bits. It took me some hours to edit and I learned from that. Next 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 time I interview people like I did with Music clues. Music clues. The interview was straight to the point. So I learned from from this. Anyways, you, you're going to hear music clues interview next week. Well, sorry for the long conversation. Are you serious? I'm not complaining. It it, it was a pleasure. By then, we talked about serious stuff. I just didn't expect it to be so hard to, to, to trim. It's going to have a lot of things you're going to, to have interest in listening. Like, we discussed Sonic 3's soundtrack. We, we talked about Jet Set, Jet Set Radio as well. We talked about another company's game's spin-offs. We talked about some other Sega games that, that were not Sonic 3. It's going to be a teaching exercise for most of the listeners. Random seagull noise. Well, apparently it's an eagle, but... Let me play it again. Okay, so this is a seagull. When I think of seagulls, I think about finding Nemo. More, 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 more. Where seagulls were basically the only dumb animal that was on the movie. 
we will move on for tracks between um, 10 and 6 of last week's chart. Then we will have the GTT and the interview. Number 10 Theme of Bayonetta 2, Tomorrow's Mind. Another classic theme on this show. Some of you request this a lot. F355 Challenge Scarlato. Yeah, so damn tempting. 
Number two last week. Here's this is my happiness. Tom Jones or not? A go go mix from uh, Space Channel Five. What was the rest of the long name? Give me a second. Uh, Space Channel Five Part Two. Uki Uki Nonstop Mega Mix. I can tell you something. Number seven is going to be high. Kevin B1229, and I'm Radio Sega 2. Number 7. Stop here to do the without any explanation No time for 
Okay, but now on regular speed. Wild Woody, the pencil not so educational game on the Sega slash Mega CD bonus round. And first, we are one hour into the show. We will have the next GTT, the one I say is impossible. Someone prove me wrong. Don't use Chasm or something, but prove me wrong. Alright? Someone get a point on the next track, please. Afterwards, you will be treated to the, the intro and the talk bad music for the new segment that's going to be the interview with Jamie and then the interview. Uh. 
Attention, attention. The next track is GTT. Send your answer by private message to Rob Sieg. Your favorites.
Well, I hope you liked the intro to this segment. And this is the talk that you're going to hear while the interview is on. I'm going to play it now. Bear in mind, folks, this was casual conversation, not as much as an interview. So, there are parts that may sound not too professional. Hey there again. <laughs> Hello. So, I just had to download the, the Skype recorder. And here we are now. And yep, uh, and I'm pretty sure you're going to enjoy a lot of the new albums. <laughs> like, there's like seven Golden Axe ones. And now I've seen them on the playlist. I was, I was actually gonna ask uh, KC if he wanted more like retro albums provided. And when I suggested to him the Golden Axe arcade, and it was like, oh, I thought about up, uh, uploading onto the playlist for it to be uh, actually being updated. And I was like. To be honest, the, the little I heard, at least from the first one, it's not all that different from the, the Mega Drive soundtrack. I think it's just the... I think it's just the sound quality slightly, because the arcade version was obviously the more powerful version of the two. Uh, yeah, definitely. Would be, uh, I don't mind the virtual tennis games myself. <laughs> yeah, then again, you're not much of a sports person, are you? No, but I did enjoy virtual tennis on the Dreamcast. Yep, and it, it was pretty good. And uh, believe me, all of them are, are pretty good as well. Except the, the first one, Markerisma, it, uh, it had a... It was... it just couldn't be matched by the sequels, that's where it was lost. But quality-wise, they're, they're still pretty good. I'll say I've got, I've got was it, World... Uh, I can't remember its name for... I've got the one on the PSP. The World Tour? That, that's a remake of 2, I think. I have that one as well. It's it's almost like two. I, I couldn't find any real difference there. Mm. Except it had some online features. I think. Not online, but what it's named, the ad hoc, whatever it was called on PSP. Yeah, the, I believe it did. It's, I haven't been on my PSP for a while because I can't actually play it at the minute. Nah, it's too, too busy. No, not too busy. I've lost the charger. It's somewhere, I know that because I've uh, packed it up, but at this moment in time I can't find it. I still have some PSP games to go on, like uh, Grand Theft Auto, uh, uh, Liberty City Stories. Okay. It, it, the PSP version, it was a spin off. Wasn't it? Wasn't it the, the game that had the, the guy that was killed right at the start of Trevor's story on GTA V? No, the different it's set in a different universe apparently. Okay. That, that's strange. I mean pretty much all GTA spin-offs are connected. That that's mm. at least the impression I had. The, the guy yeah. was named Johnny, I think. It's weird. It, uh, that was uh episodes from Liberty City. I'm talking about Liberty City stories from uh PSP and PlayStation 2. That was another spin-off to uh, GTA 3. And the stories weren't connected? Well... No, nope. Okay. That, uh, that, that, uh, I'm finding it strange because... At least, at least I was under the impression that most stories were connected when I researched it on Wiki. How I think Lockstar have done it is, though actually in... 
different eras. Uh, you got the original 2D games, what they call the 2D universe, but they've also got the 3D games called the 3D universe, but that's had a 2D game itself called uh, their Grand Theft Auto Advance. And then you had uh, the HD universe, which has had a sort of standard definition game itself, uh, Chinatown uh, Wars. Oh, I see. That's probably what it is then. Then I'm, I'm pretty much confusing. Then the game I'm talking about must have been a spin-off of GTA 4 then. It was connected to the story because uh, the thing with uh, episodes from Liberty City was uh, the stories like intertwined with each other. It was all after the same thing in, uh, in the story. I've got to look into that later. Really? I'm really not sure. What, what's the you, the game you have, you mean, is Chinatown Wars? Uh, no, it's Li Liberty, uh, was it Liberty City Stories. Oh, okay. Chinatown Wars, that was the advanced one then? Not that Chinatown Wars was the one on the DS and PS2. Oh, okay, 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 okay. But that one's connected to GTA 4 and uh, 5 because it's set in that universe. Oh, right. And uh, it gets a bit confusing to start off with, but... It was a little, yeah. Well, I've got to look into that. <laughs> well, GTA isn't really the, the, the point to go off the conversation we're getting <laughs> derailed here. And anyway, we've been talking for about half an hour and there's little that we've talked about your Sega fandom, you know? I am a Sega fandom, it must have... Uh, was it? I must have, Sega must have been the very first thing connected to gaming I ever did. And it's just because, like, your knowledge of retro stuff is, like, nearly unparalleled on the site, and it, it shows both on your on your participation on, on Triple Trouble and also on your contributions throughout charting, Chart Topping Show. So, yep. what, what caught your attention by Sega? Uh, like probably most people, Sega, uh, set in a uh, blue hedgehog. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact was it Sonic and along with uh, Mario was basically what got me into a uh, gaming to start off with. I think I think what caught my attention with Sonic probably this is remembering from at a young age was uh like the the variety of colours presented on the level designs along with the uh with the speed and the uh Probably the uh, uh, the level layouts and along with the music. Yep, people talk a lot about the, the speed that the, the frantic, how frantic the game is, and, and the music is also pretty pretty iconic, obviously. But one of the things you said is something I have rarely seen mentioned that made Sonic an icon, and it's underrated. Yeah, the colors, like it's so vivid, it's bright it's cheerful yeah. that helped because it fits the um, the whole scheme fits the whole scheme and with Sonic aimed for anyone even to the people at such a young age it, like kids are attracted to colours uh. true probably not as much to Eggman but yep <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah Sonic was, was that good the, the colour thing it's one of the good things they, they've 
kept on the, the 3D games, as I think. Most of Sonic levels on the Sonic Adventures and Sonic Heroes and all that, they're pretty colorful as well. Only especially, the villains, yes. Yeah? Especially moving on to like the HD consoles and everything. True. From there on, it was even brighter. But then again, that kept strictly to Sonic, I think. Because Shadow Shadow's levels, they're dark. Even even on Sonic Adventure 2, I, I think they're dark. He is supposed to be the dark character, the uh, like polar opposite to Sonic. And that's what actually made him popular, unlike pretty much every other character that Sonic Team built since Sonic 3 and Knuckles. <laughs> It may be a pretty popular character, though, but he's had probably the least popular game in the franchise. Oh well. Then there's Big the Cat. I, uh, Big the Cat. Uh, what is there to say about Big the Cat? <laughs> he, he likes to chew gum and, oh wait, that's the one character. <laughs> uh, well. Hopefully he'll be back on Project 17. Uh, uh-huh. Well, we must say Froggy once again. Uh. <laughs> yep. Like always. I, I just can't picture any other plot for Big the Cat. Uh, he must find uh, something else. Uh. Well, like catching random fish. We need the big the catfishing simulator. Ah, uh, bow boy. That's like what what was its name like? Um, Sega, Sega Bass. Bass. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but do then again, that looked serious. <laughs> just do a big the cat version and just say it all over the Sonic universe. Oh yeah. Or or at least have him as an unlockable side character bonus one. I'm not Did sure it? if you can pick different characters to fish and Sega Bass Fishing. But. I, I don't think you can. I think, if I remember, I think there's possibly a male or female, and that's it. Okay. That's pretty generic. Uh, <laughs> then again, that's a game I should really be playing. I haven't played it, which is a shame for me. <laughs> I, I played the uh, Xbox 360 part from the uh, Dreamcast collection. And how was it? Uh, I'll just say it kind of aged badly. <laughs> well, unfortunately, that can be said about a lot of the Dreamcast, Dreamcast games from Sega. Or well, Sonic Adventure, you can say the same thing. You know, you know when game that falls away from that trend, Jet Set Radio. Yeah, that's it. That still seems to be. Uh... That seems to age well, which would make you think that uh, they do a HD version of Jet Set Future Radio. Yeah, I agree. The, wait, they've done that, or are you saying they should they sh- do it? They, sh- they should do it. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Because I've never played Future, to be honest, but the the, the original one, it's still... Will be loved and played to this day. That that's the advantage of the cell shading thing. 
you know, the graphics don't don't get old and don't get strange. They're just there. <laughs> yeah. They're just definite. And the gameplay is still original to this day. And I, I can't I can't really say I'm a fan of the gameplay. I I love the concept, but. Uh, I, I am awful at playing, but I, I, I can understand why people love it. And, and yep, and Jet Set Radio Future look to be a little of the same. The, um, the, the, graphi the graffiti part was a little simplified, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe. That's, I saw a little of Future Radio because uh, I could never get hold of a copy. The, there's on Steam and it's pretty sh Oh, wait, I'm talking about the original one. Uh, so, you have an, an original Xbox? Not Probably not then. Then again, I have, who does? I have, I have an original Xbox, it's just I, oh. find, I just couldn't find Jet Set Future Radio. Well, at least if you have the console, it's an head start. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they're probably not easy to find, and even if you can find them online, they're probably not that cheap. Uh, we, we could talk about Sega's now uh, popular franchise game of uh, Shenmue. Oh, yeah. We all know that they need to re release the uh, original two before the third one comes out. Unfortunately, I've seen that's more likely to happen than I do today. See, I, I would do anything just to play Shenmue because they, I don't have a working Dreamcast, the game's expensive to purchase and, yep, even, if, and even if you go down to emulation, the emulation of the game isn't exactly brilliant, so... <laughs> then again, it's probably one of the, the heaviest games to emulate on Dreamcast. <laughs> I, I think I've played it on emulators after I played it on the real Dreamcast and it wasn't all that far off. At least that's what I remember. Now the Jet Set Radio emulation as we were talking a while, a while ago was awful because the graffiti controls weren't properly, properly implemented so... There was it was virtually unplayable because you couldn't connect graffiti combos. But the Shenmue one, I think I got pretty far on it without any issues. So, uh, man's uh, slow down issues and uh, graphical issue, graphical uh, issues with the game. Then again, that that probably depends on the computer you're you're using. I think. I reckon it's good enough to run, run it, but I can run a Wii emulator, no problem. Hopefully it works out, but then again, uh, it depends on when Shenmue 3 is coming, because... Uh, uh, in prob prob probability-wise, how much do you think it's likely for Sega to release the HD version of at least one of the the prequels before uh, the game for about the a 2 out of 10 chance were slim to none that's not the, the most positive input I've ever had but <laughs> yeah unfortunately I, I have to, to agree you know Shinmu Shinmu is one of those games that uh, 
I'm going to have a very unpopular opinion here. It hasn't aged that well. I could probably believe it, but it's the, it's the story that I'm more interested in than the gameplay. Yeah, the story is awesome. The, the whole thing that you're on the open world and you can tell, talk and interact with pretty much every other person you see on, on the open world. That's amazing, and back in the day it was grandiose, obviously, but... <laughs> if, you, if you look at it now, it's a little stiff and repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I said uh, it didn't age well, even if it, there's no argument that it was a massive masterpiece back in the day. It did inspire some games like uh, the Yakuza series though. Yeah, indeed. So, at least I've got that series. The Yakuza series, which is prominent on your top 5 on, of music. <laughs> it is indeed. It's. I've never even. I've got the game. Game where where was it? Uh, where the end played, but I, I haven't played it. But I first had it on the uh, Sega Mixer Drive, and I was like, "What is this random nonsense? And why do I like it?" <laughs> Which is pretty much what every Radio Sega listener thinks like. At first they're like, what is this? What's this nonsense? But at the second or third hearing, it's like, why am I enjoying it? <laughs> it's, it's even better though when you understand what uh, Majima is as a character, which is just one crazy guy. That's the whole point of the track indeed. Because when, when, when I got to watch some, some Majima cutscenes on YouTube, the the song got really a lot more flavor to it because <laughs> I had never and I have never played any Yakuza and that's a little of a shame as well but I've got to fill in on that it's just I'm not I, if I ever get the chance I wouldn't look forward to playing a uh, Yakuza Zero because Majima looks more of a sensible person in that game as well don't tell me he was like this once upon a time. Ah, so that would be like a letdown. Yeah, you get used to the crazy guy he becomes, and it's he's a sense of it looks like he was like a sensible businessman, and it's um, uh, tell me he could becomes crazy at some point in this game. <laughs> you can always get spoilers on YouTube or something. And Jamie, talk me about Golden Axe. Golden Axe, uh, probably one of the first uh, arcade, style, uh, arcade games I ever played, which originally started off, off for me was the uh, Mega Drive version, the Pop. And uh, I was just, I'm not much of a fantasy loving person, but it just, uh, it interested me just the fact that you had three different playable characters, each having their own personal backstory of why I don't want to kill uh, was it Death Adder yep uh, in the game on top of that that they all had their own unique abilities that's what uh, drew, drew me to the game nice the, yeah I, I agree with the it didn't really feel like fantasy even if it was it, it, it had a little like medieval a real a sort of realistic medieval theme to it 
You know, the characters were almost believable except for those dragons and skeletons. At least your characters were believable, the enemies not as much. It was like over-the-top fantasy. <laughs> That's pretty much the opposite of what I just said, but alright. <laughs> but, but it's like, how can you kill those that are, uh, that are already dead? Uh, yeah. Uh, and you just broke my suspension of disbelief. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I, I never thought about it that way. You know, when when we played uh, Mega Drive games, we didn't really think that far, right? Well, <laughs> I think it's just me thinking about it now compared to how I thought about it when I first played the game. It's you always have look back and think differently about the things you love. Oh well, that sign that kind of breaks a little of the mystic, right? The nostalgia effect. It's still a great game, though. Obviously, that, there's no denying that. So the original one is your favorite out of all of them. Have you played the arcade ones? Uh, I have a little, and I noticed a lot of like graphical differences in the game, and it's. Uh, if they was trying to pop, make the Mega Drive as like an arcade console, why couldn't they uh, port the exact same version, version across? Uh, well, at least I don't think the, the Mega Drive could possibly replicate those graphics, but the Saturn could. Why? And the Saturn was awesome on 2D, so I, I think it was a wasted opportunity. Honestly, they could have ported the, the game Golden Axe Arcade Collection to the Saturn. Maybe they did, and I'm just making a fool out of myself, but... <laughs> yes, it did have the game on the uh, Mega CD. Ah, damn it! That's almost the same thing. So the, yeah. the, the Mega CD version, was it like the arcade one, graphic-wise? It, it, it uh, ported the sound effects and voice clips from the arcade, but it's pretty much the Mega Drive version. Uh then there's not too much of a difference. <laughs> oh well. And it's been one of the, the series... Is it the second series you like the most after Sonic? Or about Sega, obviously? I'd say from classic Sega, because I always separate the two because Sega has obviously evolved and changed a lot with how they're handling games, it had to be one of my top 5 from the uh, from the 16-bit era. Oh, top 5 only. Then it's maybe not second. I, I would just change the word you said handled, I would say mishandled, but okay. <laughs> the, the series, the, the intellectual properties from their 16-bit era. It did have the game on the Xbox 360. The, which one? Uh, was it uh, Golden Axe uh, Beast? Was Beast, it B? Beast Rider? Yeah. Alright, I didn't know that that was on the 360. That, that game is actually one of those that's got its soundtrack on Radio Sega like a few days ago. <sighs> so, maybe you're going to find some, some familiar tunes there. <laughs> yeah, maybe. So let's start researching. <laughs> well, and you're also a fan of remixes, from what I 
could see on the top five of music, Radio Sega music you gave me. Yep. Remix. And I, yeah. I just tend to mispronounce it with the Portuguese words. Damn it, Rexy would kill me. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. So what do will were you a fan of of remix stuff before you joined Radio Sega? To be honest, before I even came on Radio Sega, I didn't even have this. Apart from what I already knew of Sega, I didn't even have this much of like musical knowledge of their. Sega and the fan community, remixing community. It, it's what uh, it's basically Rexy's shirt and the site itself that introduced me to a whole new side of the Sega fan base. And I have got completely to agree with you. I mean, at the beginning, I was even a little skeptical when I joined Radio Sega because everyone played the remixes, and I was like. Dude, I just want to feel nostalgia and play tracks I used to love and hear when I was young. But it quickly, it quickly just dawned on me and and it just started to feel natural and I started to enjoy it a lot pretty quickly. Not sure if it was the same reaction to you or if you instantly liked it. Yeah, I wanted to feel nostalgic also, but as soon as I had somewhere uh, on Lexi shows, I... It's good to hear quite a lot of remixes there. There's still the nostalgia feeling there, but with an interesting new twist to the track. Yeah, I completely agree. Especially when it depends on pretty much on who remixes it. Like every every one of the, the remixers has the, their own style, and somehow you just feel it's just feel it feels right. Yeah. Well, you now 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 that I talk about it, I, I seem to remember you were very knowledgeable on 2D Sonic music. You know, it. I I guess you could probably get get it right about any any of the tracks from the three first first games in like three seconds. More than likely, yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I I I think of I think of that because when when I I first showed you the track that eventually Steven Platt allowed me to use as the intro to to, the, to this show, the the heavy metal tunes of the Robotnik themes. Uh, yeah. You were you were immediately like. Wait, there's no mid Sonic 3 mid boss here, only the Sonic 3 and Knuckles version. <laughs> that was your first reaction. And I was like, uh, was it? Then it dawned on me that that strange sound of like it was a little like Knuckles theme I think on Sonic 3. You could assume that it's like a rearranged version of the uh, Knuckles theme used in uh, Sonic 3. Yeah, that, that's what what it felt like back then. But yeah, it, it, it and it wouldn't really fit, fit no. on on the the sound. The the fin- Sonic Free final boss theme. If just correct me if I'm wrong, it plays on the end of Sonic Free and Knuckles. If you're playing as Knuckles against what? the. Um, 
go the golden super mecha sonic mecha sonic yeah uh yeah it plays uh, let's just talk of the game separately first it plays at the end of sonic 3 against uh the big arm boss uh, the big arms yeah and uh, which obviously you only thought big arms as knuckles in the full version uh and then it also played against uh mecha sonic and uh Robotic, robotics uh, mecha in the end of Death Egg uh, Zone Act 2. Okay. I didn't know uh, that. <laughs> the one that tries to slam you with his fingers and you do you have to blow the fingers? Uh, I, <laughs> I think that's the boss that was different from Sonic 3 to Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Big Arms was the final boss for Sonic 3, but on... On Sonic 3 and Knuckles, I think it was replaced by the li a little easier. Um, yeah, that was it. When the fingers one. When he was playing as Sonic and Tails, uh, the big um, boss was nowhere to be seen. You, uh, you only had the second part of that fight against uh, uh, Eggman in that in the end of launch base. Then so, yeah, that's the one I meant. Yeah. They just uh, removed uh, the big arm boss altogether because it just went from the death egg uh, coming back down onto the uh, floating island and then it was straight onto Mushroom Hill. Ian, that's something uh, I probably knew some time ago, but now I'm a little blank. Oh well. Still, the music was awesome. The, the, the one music you requested on your beloved bumper. The one you love to hear your voice, you know? Uh, the one I can't stand hearing my voice on. <laughs> exactly. You requested uh, the Hidden Palace theme to be played. I, that was actually my uh, second choice, to be honest, because Overall, Ice Cap Zone is my favourite, but I thought I'll try and move away from Ice Cap Zone for once. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Are you so, so, so obsessed with Ice Cap Zone? I'm so obsessed, I even asked Wexy to do an Ice Cap Zone special. Uh, you mean show? Yeah. Two hours of Ice Cap. Yeah, I've listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody who doesn't ha uh, like Ice Cap, they'll just be suffering hard times. <laughs> nice one. That's a nice one, yeah. The one I thought was original from Blast Processors last week, and you just showed me the Jetsons version. And then, yeah. then I realized, so, Sega ripped off. They didn't rip it off what it was. Uh, the Jetsons had a... A few unreleased tracks, one of them being uh, Hard Times. Uh, one of the members was called Brad Butzer, and over, uh, after his career with the Jetsons, he went on to work with big big stars like Stevie Wonder and uh, Michael Jackson. And uh, we all know where his part of his career with Michael Jackson ended up on to the soundtrack of uh, Sonic 3. Uh, now we're getting into uncomfortable places. <laughs> this is kind of a taboo. But that's the this where you could say the history of uh, 
Ice Cap's earning hard times in a nutshell, it was only released on by the Jetsons. Brad Buxer did the probably the overall arranged of the uh, the music as he was the uh, keyboardist of the Jetsons and Michael Jackson and used it as Ice Cap Zerd. Right, that that makes sense. That that actually makes sense, but it it actually got fruitful for Sega because the song got known as the Ice Cap Zone and it became like sort of legendary. Pretty much every Sonic fan knows the track and loves the track and it feels like it's Ice Cap Zone. People don't think, oh, it's just a, a rehashed version from an old, an old release track. Yeah. So, so Sega got the credit there. And rightfully so, if it wasn't released like, like you said. Well, well, you would say technically the credits would still go to Brad Buxer as he was credited on the game. Okay. That's yeah, good point. <laughs> but then you could say overall, and this includes like people like us, us as a Sonic fan community are actually idiots to be honest because uh, Hard Times got released, I believe it was 2009 and nobody actually put the, nobody actually uh, realised that Hard Times was Ice Cap until like three years later. That's really strange. It's like, it, it's like no Sonic fan eventually got to it. <laughs> but then you could, you could also put it down to like the Jetsons being an obscure band and uh, with Hard Times being unheard of overall until that point and it was only to when they connected Bad Buxer to the Jetsons. Yeah, and then stuff started to make sense. Yeah. Well, so you, even the the Shark Topping Show host can use a little Sega education once in a while. Because <laughs> I didn't know this. I, I really didn't. I could educate a lot of people on the uh, soundtrack of Sonic 3. Oh, I believe so. So, have you done a special of, on that, on, on Triple Trouble? I have had Sonic-themed episodes, but nothing on just a specific Sonic game. I'm surprised we didn't even talk about the uh, tracks I actually picked out. <laughs> well, barely. We've only liked lightly. Well, thank you a lot for the interview, Jamie. No problem. <laughs> Best of luck for the rest of, of Triple Trouble and any future endeavor. Yeah, what's left of it. <laughs> <laughs> True, true, sorry. Well, hopefully, hopefully things go by the best. And if you do play the tracks, you might have to give a warning about one of them. Uh... Let's say ha ga ga gambacho. Okay. It's because, uh, let's see. She... Uh, yeah, she kind of gets put off by the song now. Okay. I will warn... Well, you're actually warning her, and I'm going to hear this on the, in the interview, so that already counts as a warning. But, <laughs> but then again, what if she then, then she doesn't hear any of the five tracks? Uh, then she's looking... Uh, well, not looking, because one of them's her own track. <laughs> yeah. Number five. 
And I'm on bed of triple trouble, and I'm Lady Sega too. Disclaimer since it's causing some confusion. This top 5 that's playing now is Jamie's personal top 5, not last week's request top 5. That's coming afterwards. 
Jamie's top five. All of them are pretty well known by then, but still, I'm going to name it them. Them. Jamie's number five was Wilderness from Golden Axe Commodore 64 version. His number four was Rexy's track from Sonic Paradox Remix Shorts, Chocolate Shipped Cream Sunday Supreme, based on Rooftop Run of Sonic Unleashed. Number three was... what's his name? It's been a long time since we passed through Space Time vocal version, Puyo Puyo vocal tracks. His number two was... the, the track from Sega Hard Girls High School Seha Girls Seha Gaga Ganba Chao. And his number one... a track that everyone knows Yakuza Karaoke Selection Yuriuta Gotogu Get to the Top Remix of the End. That being said, we will move on to the top 5 of tracks requested last week. Starting with this 
famous bumper. Five left. It's close now. Number five.
again get to the top is number three this week number five was the concept of love the concept of passion mix from holly king number four was captain falcon from f-zero gxax i'm taking advantage of the sonic show not having a show this week or next week to extend the show a little well i'm not going to cover any more of this track you requested it a lot so here it is, again. Your 
Well, guys and girls, thank you for listening to this show. It's still not over. It's still not over. We'll, we still have the answers for GTT and number one of last week coming up. You might know all these tracks. Number five was Holy King, as I said. Number three was, again, guest to the top, but uh, DJ Rapsig mixed version. Which, is, which was basically just me messing up the tempo and the pitch of the music so that it wouldn't be played twice inside 20 minutes. Oh well. Number two, as you could hear, was Escape from the City by Sonic Ad on Sonic Adventure 2, a track that got a lot of people typing the lyrics up on Discord, and that's exactly the kind of enthusiasm, enthusiasm I love on the show, and I love on Radio Sega. Thank you everyone who sang, sang slash typed the lyrics. That makes really DJing in Radio Sega worth it. That's the that's the kind of thing that that really brings a smile to our face as DJs. Thank you, everyone. We will get now the um, the GTT guest track tracks. You will be given roughly around half a minute on each for a final for a final possibility to answer and get your points. Then I will be telling what the answer was. As a lot of people knew, this is from Sonic Adventure 2, from the Crazy Gadget stage. The name of the track is Unstable World.
this one track that no one got a single point of. This is from Virtual On Oratorio Tangram. The name of the track is 14 Second Warning and it's played on Spessinev's stage. Yep, it was really tough. Thank you everyone for listening to this. Don't forget that the Shirt Topping Show is coming back next week at exactly the same time. It's going to have an interview with Music Clues and his own personal top 5. Enjoy number 1 of last week. See ya! Number 1 First time ever, the same album brings two tracks to the top three.
Sega. Playing the best Sega music 24-7. Sega playing the best Sega music 24-7.